The Bible says that here in Luke 11, in verse number 1, Jesus was praying, and when he finished, the Bible said that the disciples, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples to pray. And so, uh, somehow or another, Jesus' prayer life impressed them. It didn't sound religious. It didn't sound like everybody else they had known. And uh, they, they wanted him to teach them to pray. Well, how many of you know, uh, apparently, uh, we don't know how to pray just because we got born again. I said, we don't know how to pray just because we got born again. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, Jesus didn't just say, you know, boys, just do it. You know how to do it. Go, go, just pray. Well, the Bible talks about prayer and it talks about the religious people pray. It says the Pharisees and Sadducees, they pray. You know, they think they'll be heard for their much speaking. Just because people pray doesn't make it, make it effective. We want to be effective. You can pray 11, 12, 15 hours a day and be ineffective, and the devil just laugh at you. He doesn't really care if you're ineffective. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. What's effective? When power starts manifesting. Amen. And so God told me, he said, when you go to pastor, I want you to raise up a prayer group so you can get back out into some of the things in ministry that you had been stepping into. And so that means we've got to learn to pray. Amen. It's not, not, we don't know how to pray just because we uh, maybe, maybe heard somebody talk about it. Amen. And so Jesus' prayer life made them hungry. It must have been more than a monologue, must have been a dialogue. And uh, there was a lot, lot to it. So Anyway, how do we pray? We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Of course, it's based on the Word. And uh, we, the Bible says we're to come boldly to the throne of grace. Prayer is not supposed to be sheepish. It's supposed to be bold. And uh, it's boldness that obtains. Really, the path to God in prayer is through the blood. Amen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood. By the blood. So we're going to help you uh, learn some, some things about prayer tonight. We're going to uh, minister to the prayers, prayers, people that pray. We want to encourage you how to be effective based on the word. Uh, James 5, 16, the effectual King James says prayer, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified makes tremendous power available. What is effective prayer? It's prayer that makes power available. Amen. Remember, they prayed in Acts chapter number four and the power manifested. The building shook. God needs such power and manifestation in our services that more than buildings shake, it gets outside and starts shaking the city. Amen. And then starts shaking the nation. Amen. 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 And so we want to learn how to be effective so that can be our testimony. I mean, it, does, it, it ought to be that uh, we're hearing testimonies of people that prayed things out, prayed things through, and, and they changed something before the devil's plan came to pass. Amen. Amen. It, we, we need to be hearing these kind of testimonies. I don't know why I, don't, I seem to have a lack of those kinds of testimonies, but we're going to teach you. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe we've got to teach more, you know, and bring people into the demonstration of that and demonstrate it. Amen. Because prayer is number one based on the word. But number two, Ephesians 5 says, verse number 18, the, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. New Testament prayers to be done in the spirit. And that's exactly what it says there. We come boldly to the throne of grace. The throne of grace is in the spirit. The first thing to do in prayer is go to the throne of grace. That's 
Amen. That means exit the mind, exit the feelings. Amen. And uh, stir yourself up, start, start worshiping God and praising him for his word and enter into the knowledge of who you are in Christ and the rights and privileges you have in prayer and the invitation and the, and the acceptance you have at the throne of grace. Remind yourself of those things and enter into the spirit before you know it. You were tired and wanted to go to bed and now you've been up two hours praying. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So it's based on the word, number one. But find scriptures about prayer also. Base your prayer life on those as well. Yes. <clears throat> find scriptures about prayer. Base, all effective prayers based on the word. And, and, and that includes the word about prayer. What does the word say about prayer? Right. It, talks, it talks about different kinds of prayer. Yes. It talks about being bold in prayer. Yes. And it tells you where that boldness comes from. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous, a righteous man. Boldness comes from righteousness or the righteousness consciousness. Amen. I asked myself the other day, I said, and this is not to put you down because I got a couple of answers, a couple of things. The Lord, one was on me, one's on you. So don't feel bad about it. <laughs> I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it? I don't hear people coming to me from Spirit of Faith Family Church Congregation telling me about an experience they had in prayer, pray, or something out, pray something out and change something. I'm not hearing those testimonies. Now, Lord, if it's me or them, you just go ahead and have it in on us. Tell us about it. Right. One was on me and one's on you. Come on. <laughs> Amen. So we're all in this together. So we won't get, nobody will get offended tonight, right? <laughs> Amen. So praise the Lord. I don't know if I'll tell you the one on me. Maybe I'll just tell you the one on you. <laughs> Amen. But uh, the, the one that, that he ministered to me the most has to do with this area of righteousness in prayer. Amen. Tell your neighbor, righteousness affects your prayer life. Amen. That's the truth about it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's a connection between righteousness, or in other words, knowing your righteousness, your right standing with God, renewing your mind to that, and then speaking it. Because how many of you know the devil will tell you, who do you think you are? You can't make that kind of power available. Only great people like, you know, big saints that everybody knows their righteousness. And grandma, she's righteous and she serves God and she doesn't have any bad thoughts like you had today. And, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's so true. Amen. You realize one of the reasons we don't come to the throne of grace is we don't know we're accepted there. We're not bold because we're not sure if we're going to get smacked or not. Amen. 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 But to be effective, we've got to go there, and to go there, we've got to know our, we got to know what the blood has done for us to be the 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 right we have through the blood to be there. I'm going to go ahead and preach myself happy tonight. Hallelujah! And so uh, many times the devil's gotten folks uh, so sin conscious and beaten down that they don't feel like they're worthy to pray. And guess what? We're coming tonight to do corporate prayer, to pray corporately. Pray, pray, you know, we all, well, let me, let me rephrase that. As far as I know, we all pray on our own. Yes. Amen. 
Maybe. I don't know. You have to ask the answer that yourself. But, but see, on our own prayer time. I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to put people down. I'm just saying I'm, I don't know everybody here. But so we, we've got to realize that that's one kind of prayer, but we don't pray uh, in corporate prayer. We don't pray that way in corporate prayer. We don't, we don't, it's not the same thing. Uh, in fact, go over to 1 Timothy chapter number, uh, chapter number 3, 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 15. Uh, there are things we need to learn about corporate prayer. 1 Timothy 3, 15, he tells us something here. Paul, I, this is something I want you to get a hold of in the context of prayer. If I tarry long, Paul's talking to Timothy, if I tarry long that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. In other words, I'm writing this so you know how to conduct yourself in a spiritual house. Amen. The house of God is called, here in this same book, is called the, the, the spiritual house. Amen. 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 You are in tonight a spiritual house. Ye all as lively stones are built up, a spiritual house. Remember the Bible said that? Okay, we're on the same page. Nobody's looking at their watch, looking at the clock, I mean, looking at the lights. We're in a spiritual house, and we've got to learn how to behave. That means conduct ourselves in a corporate manner. Because we conduct ourselves differently in a spiritual house where there's unity and we're flowing together with other believers than we do when we're on our own. And that's true about prayer. Your prayer life alone is different than your prayer life here at church. Not one better than the other. We're just saying we've got, well, actually, I think corporate prayer might be a little bit better than others. Because to be honest with you, it's got a greater anointing on it. You know, the sum total of the flow of the Spirit in these prayer times is equal. Well, let's go out here to the Mississippi. I mean, not right now, but think in our minds, out to the Mississippi. In your mind, go out there and think about how much water's flowing down through the Mississippi. Well, where's that all coming from? Let's go up through Mississippi and find out. Oh, there's a river coming in. Keep on going. There's a river coming in. Keep on going. There's a river. There's a river. And after a while, you get up and there's just this little trickle coming out of the rocks up there somewhere. It started out just a little bit, but more and more flows came into it. And all of a sudden, you got a deluge. Amen. And Satan wants to shut down people's, the river out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. One of those rivers is prayer. Amen. Out of your belly will flow rivers. There's a, there, but see how many of you know, you got to draw that up. Proverbs 20 verse five, there's things in your spirit that, but you must draw it out, draw it out. And that includes prayer. Prayer has to be drawn out. There's prayer in you. There's a supply of prayer in you for this ministry, for the kingdom of God, for what God wants to do in this hour. It's in you right now, sitting right there where you are. It's in you. Oh, I don't know, Pastor. I don't get much unction. Well, is the spirit of truth in there or not? Is the Holy Ghost in there or not? The Bible says he's the spirit of grace and supplication. Did you know that? The Bible calls him the spirit of supplication. He's in there giving you utterance to supplicate, to pray, to seek God, to see, to pray out things. But you've got to dip down there and start drawing that out. And as you do, you'll make a supply of the Spirit available to the work of God. And when we come together, we can all bring our, we can all, we can all bring our tributary, so to speak. Does that make any sense? And, and, uh, and, and, and bring a greater supply. And the anointing here can be greater 10 times, 100 times, 200 times greater here than it can be at home. Amen. 
no wonder whenever in Acts 4 they all lifted up their voice to God with one accord after they were beaten and commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus and they went to their own company and reported everything that they had said now Lord and then lift up their voice to God with one accord said now Lord and so forth and so on and then they said grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak thy word stretch forth your hand to heal side and the whole house shook why did the whole house shake and says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost the whole house shook and they were all filled because they, all of them, lifted up their voice to God with one accord. All of them. All of them. Because they all had a supply. They all had a flow of prayer coming out of them. And they all brought it to the corporate flow and it got so powerful the whole house shook. And they were all filled with boldness. Nobody was sitting back there just quiet. Amen. Amen. They all lifted up their voice to God with one accord. All of them. All of them. All of them. Amen. 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 If you're quiet in corporate prayers, because you're not praying at home. Come on now. Amen. I just got some things to say tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So. One of the reasons that he shuts this, one of the reasons that people don't participate. See, we need to be scriptural in prayer. To pray scripturally, according to the New Testament, we have to look and see how the early church prayed. And they prayed, of course, individually, but they prayed corporately. They did it in Acts 4, like we just said. They did it in Acts 13. They all ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Ghost said something. Spirit of God started moving. Then in Acts 16, they said, boy, this is working. Let's keep on doing this. Paul and Silas prayed, and they're beating the command not to preach, and they were put in the innermost, innermost prison, you know, feet fast in stocks. And the Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. They, no, both of them did. Not just one of them. Both of them did. And the power fell, and they got out of there. See, there are situations in people's lives they need to be delivered from. And so they need to get in the middle of a bunch of people know how to pray. I'm telling you, if you, if you don't have a job, that's not near as, near as dangerous as not having a group of people that get together and know how to pray. If you don't have the people around you know how to pray, you can be up, pray, you can be up a creek without a paddle. Don't know how to make power available. You can get in a pickle and nobody's around to help make you that power available. That's dangerous. Amen. So we want to learn. We want to learn. We are going to learn. Well, we know how to have to know how to, beho- to, to behave ourselves in the house of God. There's corporate etiquette. I don't know if you know anything about what I'm talking about or not. But there's corporate, there's things we have to understand corporately in order to flow together in corporate prayer. So in a group, we have to learn the principles of household etiquette. Uh, and so you can pray, you, you can't pray in a group like you pray at home. Amen. Well, how do we pray in a group here in Acts? It says they lifted up their voice with one accord. It doesn't say they lifted up their voices. Amen. I'm going fast cause I got to get to something here tonight. They lifted up their voice. It says their plural voice singular. So they were all lifting up their voice praying, but it was to God one voice. 
What is that? They got in unity with everybody else. They didn't say, I'm going to get off in the corner and pray by myself because my grandpa's getting ready to die or, or I have great needs in my life. There's a time for that. Do that on your own. But corporate prayers coming together, we're praying corporately about something specifically that, that all of us are interested in. Amen. That's a big part of prayer. Getting, getting, the heart, getting, your heart, getting something on your heart is getting interested. Getting interested in something beyond yourself. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Didn't know this was going to come out like this, but it's coming. So it doesn't say voices. So the goal in to be scriptural in corporate prayer uh, is to be one. That's, that's corporate prayer. There's different kinds of prayer you understand. And so um, uh, you ask yourself, am I getting in unity with the direction of the flow of prayer in corporate prayer? Or am I just kind of sitting back in my little world back there? Amen. Well, I don't know how to pray. Well, we're teaching you tonight. So we are to be united in heart in prayer. And that means coming under a corporate anointing, each supplying it with the river that comes out of their belly. You ever notice in an orchestra... There's uh, different instruments. They might be up there tuning up and there's no, no harmony. But that conductor gets up front. And he takes a stick. Gets everybody's attention. And all of a sudden it just makes harmony. And it's beautiful. Right? Well, that's the way corporate prayer is supposed to be. There's not supposed to be a screech over here and a holler over here and a howl back there. It's to be united. All flowing in one accord. Well, I don't know where the flow is. That's what the leader's up there to do, show you the flow. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And so they make one voice. Amen. And then sometimes that orchestra leader, he'll, he'll do, he's got usually a little stick and then he's got his hands up too, both, both hands up. He'll do this with a stick and then he'll, he'll, I don't remember how it is. He's got one section, maybe the cellos or somebody that he's pulling. They're there to come to the forefront right now. It's their section. It's their, the, the you know, it's their part. And the others at this point are to back off a little bit. And so in corporate prayer, I'm going to start moving that way. Ah! Let's see how many people come to the next corporate prayer. But anyway, <laughs> because you've got prayer in you, and sometimes I'm going to be able to recognize and say, I hear they've got something, and I'm going to say, go with that. You, you yield to that. I might even bring you up and have you pray over the microphone. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, you better get dipped down then. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't think I have anything. Well, the Bible says, believe his prophets and you'll prosper. Yes. If I say that, it's because I believe God's saying something to me. Yes. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if I do or not. Well, just believe what I said and then you'll prosper. Yeah, come on. Come on. You know, the best thing people have done for me is they pulled things out of me I didn't even know I had in me. Changed my life forever. Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Yeah, and then some of that's going to happen to you, and you're going to leave the service. You're going to go, I didn't know that was in there. And then you're going to say, I didn't, since I know now it's in there, I can tap down into that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And before you know it, you're going to get yourself in a flow of prayer. 
But the devil will fight you. And one thing he'll fight you with is he will tell you about all your shortcomings and all, your, all the things you shouldn't do that you do do and, don't, and, and do do that you shouldn't do. But how many of you know your righteousness and your effective therefore in prayer, effectiveness therefore in prayer is not based on you. It's based on the righteousness that you have by faith. Remember the Bible says, you know, James 5, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then it talks about Elijah. He was a man subject to like passions like we are. In other words, he had shortcomings. And I'm sure he's thinking, how on earth could God use me? But he prayed anyhow and went ahead and bust through that. He took the word of God and busted through that and then spoke the, spoke the word to the devil and got through that and started the, stopped the rain first of all and then started the rain. That's making power available. Well, I could never do anything like that. See, you don't see yourself in righteousness. You see yourself in your own shortcomings, in your own fault. You know what I'm talking about. But really, like Brother Hagin said, he said he realized, he saw James 5, 16, he said he realized if he could ever become, this is before he had his mind renewed to the Word, if I could ever become righteous, I'd be a whiz in prayer. Remember him saying that? And then he found out he is the righteousness of God in Christ. So he wrote over there, I'm a whiz in prayer. By James 5, 16, I'm a whiz in prayer. That's you. You're a whiz in prayer. Well, it just seems like other people just have more unction. Maybe they're more anointed in prayer than me. That's a lie. That's a lie. Nobody has a special anointing to pray. I said, nobody has a special anointing to pray. Oh, just I can tell they do. I can tell they do. Well, maybe you're just thinking wrong. Let me go over to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. Look at Revelation 1, 5 through 6. And notice he said here, on uh, Revelation 1, 5 through 6, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. He's made us kings and priests. Amen. Who's that? Unto him that loved us. Well, that's all of us. And washed us from our sins. Well, that's all of us in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests. That's all of us too. He's not saying all of us is just, you know, loved and washed in the blood. And then some of us are kings and priests. No, all of us are kings and priests. Remember the Bible said over there in, uh, you know, first Peter, Chapter number two, verse five, and then it says, uh, we as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. That, uh, that's all the body of Christ. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Then verse nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Royal, that means a kingly priesthood. That's why I said kings and priests. Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called all of us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so all of us are kings and priests, a royal priesthood. Isn't that right? So um, if that's true, what does that mean? We're all priests. What does that mean? Well, the primary, you know, uh, there's not an office of priesthood in the New Testament. In other words, like five-fold ministry offices, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, and some priests. 
Did you ever think about that? Why? Because all of us are priests. All of us are priests. We're not all five-fold ministry officers, but we're all priests. Oh, I can tell right in here I'm, getting on, the, I'm on the right. I'm on the right track. <laughs> about halfway in the tongues on that one. We're all priests. Oh, what are the benefits of being a priest? Well, you go back into the Old Testament. What's the benefits back there? The benefits was access to the presence of God. Access to the presence of God. And access to the presence of God on behalf of others. Huh? That's what the, that's the, that's what the chief benefit of being a priest. But the Bible didn't say just a few of us are made priests, kings and priests. We all, not just a few special Christians. Amen. We all have been made kings and priests. Amen. Some people say they, that God has called them to be an intercessor. Statement like that reveals your ignorance of the New Testament to say that. God's called me to be an intercessor. Well, of course he has. Called all of us to be an intercessor. That's nothing special in the body of Christ. But my assignment is to pray. Yeah, like everybody else in the body of Christ. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shuck the corn tonight. That's not a call that's unique to some special Christians. Amen. He didn't just call you with some special calling. He gave that to everyone. Every Christian is supposed to offer prayer and supplication and intercession and so forth and so on. Some people may have entered into it more and dip down and draw it out more, but it's in every believer. I said it's in every believer. Amen. And every believer is supposed to be drawing that out. Amen. See, we've got to respond to the Holy Ghost. Prayer is not call a calling. I said that call to be an intercessor. We're all called being, but that's really not a calling. It's in one sense, it's not a calling. Like you know, some special people are called. It, we're all called in that sense to to be a person of prayer. Amen. But we must respond to the Holy Ghost. Others have, and we may not have. Maybe, maybe. I'm not saying all of us, but, you know, maybe some of us have it. And so uh, those who respond more readily, the Holy Ghost moves on who responds. Are you there? And uh, those who respond, the Holy Ghost finds somebody available and he starts using them. But he wants to use us all. You know, the devil thrives on ignorance, especially regarding prayer, because some people, they don't know what the Bible says about all of us being priests. You know, they get, they enter into prayer and start moving and God comes on, the anointing comes on them and God starts using them in special ways and the ways they hadn't been lift, you know, been used before. And boy, they get all puffed up and boy, I'm somebody now. Ooh, my, 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 my. I mean, not everybody's used like me. And they get into spiritual pride. Amen. Thinking I'm somebody. I'm special now. I'm a humdinger. Look out for me. Amen. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. He's, he's using your ignorance. 
That's how Lucifer got, that's how Lucifer fell, you know. Amen. He thought he was something special. He said, I'm going to exalt my throne above God's and somebody, you know, like that. But, but really God has anointed all of his people to be priests unto their God. Amen. Instead of thinking, wow, man, God used me. I'm a humdinger. I'm somebody special now. I need a big seat in the church. You know, I need a, I need a big chair with a big back, you know, so everybody can see me. I'm, I'm, I'm seated. <laughs> well, that should be true about all of us. We should all get over into the spirit and yield to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost use us. Amen. And then after God's done using us, we just say, praise God. That's the way he uses all of us. I'm nobody special. I'm just a, a, a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 But see, if we're not rooted and grounded in the word, we get crazy in our thinking. Yes. Amen. There's a group of people here in Cedar Rapids got crazy in their thinking a while back. They're still trying to go, but they fizzled way out. They thought there was something. No, they're just people in the body of Christ. No, we're intercessors. No such office in the body of Christ. No such office in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. You don't have something nobody else has in that area. Praise the Lord. So, but, so with that out of the way, though, <laughs> praise God, we need some more people to be used this way. I don't mean that the way it sounded. I mean yield to this. Amen. And so um, we need to know that we're capable of you being used this way because of the blood. Not because of we're somebody, we're a humdinger, we're this, we're that. No, because of the blood, we have access. And if we'll boldly come through that blood and take advantage of the access we have to the throne of God, the Spirit of God at the throne of God will stir us up and use us to pray services out, to pray miracles out, to pray salvations through these doors, coming through these doors, pray them out, to pray the church plant out, to pray moves of God, signs, wonders, miracles supernatural provisions. I remember one time I got an unction in prayer, prayed it for about an hour and a half. And all of a sudden I had a note of victory and I knew something is getting ready to happen. Yeah. Uh, this happened more than once, but I'm just thinking of this one situation. Within, I think a, a week or so, somebody walked in the church and just, just on a casual Wednesday night, put a cool $60,000 in the offering plate. Amen. And I, and I never said anything to them. They're not special because they did that. You know what I'm talking about? Just God, God had something he wanted to use them in, so they obeyed, just, just like everybody else obeyed. They didn't get a front row seat or special recognition or anything like that. Amen. But in the process of time, I was told, this person told me, they said, man, they said, I was really going through a battle deciding whether I was supposed to do that or not. I knew God had told me, spoken to me about it, but I didn't... Uh, I, you know, I just got back over in my head and started thinking. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so I just, uh, I'd get out of the spirit and I just started struggling with it. Finally, I said, I said I'm just going to go obey God. And I said, well, I said, that's interesting. I said, I didn't know what I was praying about, but I knew I'm praying something out. And, uh, and, uh, and they said, I, I said, really, I found out I was praying for you. 
They said, well, thank God you did because I wouldn't obey, obey God if somebody didn't pray, pray me into that. Somebody said, no, you shouldn't manipulate. Like, how on earth can you manipulate somebody when you don't even know what you're praying about and don't even know who you're praying for? Get your mind out of the natural. These are Holy Ghost things. Holy Ghost miracles. God made a covenant with the Israelites in the book of Exodus. He said, I'm going to make a covenant with you to do signs and wonders. Woo, glory be to God. I'm looking for some signs and wonders. Praise God. Things that people go, ah, they couldn't have done that. I wonder. Amen. Makes them, makes them realize God is at work. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We yield to this properly. Signs and wonders will just be the everyday, just the everyday flow. Somebody's leg straightened out this service, the next service, somebody got healed of cancer. Just a constant flow. But it don't happen just because we wish it. We want it. It happens because we pray it out. You know, there's a lot of people, God wants to do something for them. They don't know uh, that we don't know who they are and what they need and, and all of that. But we can pray in the Holy Ghost and pray it out. The greatest miracles I've ever had in life and ministry have always been as a result of a season of that kind of praying. Praying in that kind of, praying in the Spirit. Praying under the anointing. And the devil will mess with your mind. Say, who do you think you are praying like this? You know the thoughts you had earlier. You know, you know how you know, all this and all that. And besides that, some of you work at places where there's not necessarily a, a pleasant atmosphere. Not everybody there is full of the Holy Ghost. Maybe half the time they're cussing and telling dirty jokes. So when you get off work Wednesdays, something's going to have to happen between the job and, and church service so that it doesn't take half the church service to get you in the spirit. And what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to wash yourself with the water of the word and get all that dirtiness and filthiness and stuff that the, not necessarily you participated in, but that all the stuff's all around you all week, all day long. Amen. And that's called coming to church ready to pray, ready to bring a supply. Rather than the praise and worship team trying for, for four songs to get you going and it's not working, so you just turn it over to me. <laughs> See what pastor can do with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor he's preaching gooder than your amen in there. Hallelujah. So one thing to do to come to prayer, let's talk about, uh, remember Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. What, what knowledge should we have about prayer that will help us to pray? Well, there's way more than we can get into tonight, but I'm talking to you about know your righteousness. Come to these meetings, these prayer meetings on Monday mornings or whatever you're coming to. Come to these prayer meetings having washed yourself in the water of the word concerning your righteousness. And, and come, you know, drive into prayer if, if you didn't, you know, whatever. If you had time prayer before you drove to prayer or something, uh, be, be uh, telling yourself and reminding yourself of who you are at the throne of grace. I've been accepted. Remember Ephesians 1, what is that? I don't know the verse says somewhere it talks about 15 or 16, something like that. I could be wrong, but it says uh, we, are, we have boldness and access with confidence yeah. through the faith of him. Yeah. 
Ephesians 1. <clears throat> Amen. Boldness. When's the last time you quoted that? That's the way you come to prayer. You come, Father, I thank you. I have boldness. The devil goes, oh, you're so unworthy. You know the dirty thoughts you had. You say, I have boldness and confidence to come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And you got to wash yourself because the devil is the adversary. And one thing he's going to do is try to oppose you at the throne of grace. He's not going to just try to oppose you in life in general, though he'll do that. But he'll try to oppose you at the throne of grace. Remember what he is? He's the accuser of the brethren, Revelation said. And he accuses you before your God. Before your God. In other words, when you go before your God, he's there to say, you know, wh- wh- who do you think you are? You can't pray like that. You can't make power available. Look at you. Look what you did last week. You got to mix some faith with that blood. If you're going to pray and make a supply available, you got to do something with that. You got to put some faith in that blood. Pastor Nancy, the other night she was preaching. I didn't get to listen to it all yet. But she's talking about righteousness. And she said, uh, your pastor needs you not to be coming to church with your tail tucked between your legs. (laughs) Or your tail dragging. Because we can't get anything out of people that are just all full of condemnation. And they certainly won't pray. Except, I mean, by the time prayer's over, they finally got the condemnation off off of them. And they go, come on, pastor, let's pray. Well, we're all going now. (laughs) We're going home now. Come on, somebody. I'm looking for some good report. I'm looking for people coming and say, my goodness, Pastor, did you see that service we just had where the power fell and -and so-and-so got healed? So this happened and that happened? I was over. I was awakened in prayer uh, just a week ago, and I prayed, and I saw all that happening. Now, maybe some of you don't come because you don't want to sound like a, you know, big shot kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm the one, Pastor, you need to have me pray more. You need to have me lead prayer. Cause maybe, maybe, you're, maybe, maybe that's it. But, I mean, you can do it in the right heart. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Am I making any sense tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Stay, stay meek and teachable and humble about it, but do it in the right heart. But I want to hear some reports. Amen. Amen. Sunday mornings might be affected by what we're doing Saturday nights. I got Dr. Dufresne's anointing on me tonight. I'm telling you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. See, there's some things we've talked about a couple couple times, last couple services. There's some things God's not really, uh, he's endeavoring to distribute some of the prayer projects to different ones of us. And we're running into some things that we shouldn't be running into. I'm just gently, lovingly. Amen. Urging you on. (laughs) Move over into the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes sir. Amen. Amen. I'll guarantee you, if you're not doing it here when we go into corporate prayer, you're not doing it at home. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. Just the, well, maybe we don't know how. Well, come to Monday mornings where I can't get off work. Well, then pray that out. That'd be a good place to start right there. Pray that out. All things are possible. <laughs> Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that? So really, uh, heart preparation is a big deal when it comes to coming together in corporate prayer. 
Heart preparation just simply means it's important that every joint supplies. And your heart is the joint. Every heart has to be prepared to bring their supply. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you got that or not. Your heart is a joint to make a supply. Your heart is, some, is, is, a, is, a, is something God wants to flow through to bring a supply to yes. corporate prayer. Yes, sir. And so your, the condition of your heart when you come to Wednesday night church prayer night or Monday morning prayer night or any time of prayer, the condition of your heart has everything to do with how much God's going to get through you into the supply. Yes. How much supply He's going to get through you into the work, into the, the kingdom of God. Tell your neighbor he's preaching better than your amen. And <clears throat> amen. Hallelujah. You can find out. People can come to church dressed up nice, but when you get to pray and you find out what's really in their heart. They got iniquity in their heart because they've been fussing with their spouse. Well, I mean, you know, you don't have any confidence for God doing that. How many of you ever fussed with your spouse and then gone into the bedroom and bam, the anointing fell? Oh, shaka, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you go in there and you don't even want to talk to God. You're just like, Pfft. don't even want to talk to him. Turn on the TV. That's on. Because you got iniquity in your heart. And I got people looking at me right now, just staring me down because they don't like what I'm saying. Well, no wonder we don't get a corporate flow. Amen. We got, we got rocks. We, yes, lively stones are built up. We got lively stones laying on the ground. There's holes in the walls. You know, we just can't get it. The glory doesn't fall. It falls and just goes out the walls. Where on earth did this come on me tonight? I'm telling you what. God said raise up a prayer group, so we're doing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's important how you come with, without any iniquity in your heart. Amen. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 8. Bible says there, 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 in Matthew 15, verse number 8. Let me just go and turn to that. Maybe you can turn to it if you, get, if you can do it quickly. But he said, <clears throat> This people draws nigh to me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What does that mean? He, he, you can give lip service and your heart's really not in prayer. There's people right here looking at me tonight. Oh, dear God, why am I talking like this? I'm, I'm trying to quit. You said before service, I don't know if I want to go tonight. Tonight's prayer night. Well, you should have stayed home. I'm sucking it up. Oh, praise God. Making... Well, what do I do? Well, you, you make the adjustment in your heart. It's a heart issue. You didn't come prepared in heart to pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's all, I tell your neighbor, he's happy tonight. He's real happy tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. The principles of effective corporate prayer are the same as a church service. People's bodies can be in the seat, but their hearts aren't there. They're somewhere else. They're at home, on the job, didn't want to come. Amen. That's why we got a racquetball prayer meeting going on. You know, you, you hit it and it bounces back at you. Boom. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Here, it's on you. Well, I don't have anything. Boom. Okay. Now it's back on me. 
Then you pray for 10 minutes and you fizzle out and say, let's all stand and we'll be dismissed. We've had too much of that. See, the church knows a little bit about coming and being ministered to, but the church doesn't know much about making a supply in services. We got to make that switch. Yes, sir. Pastor, right now we're making it. Got it. We're in a different gear now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Most of our church services is all getting ministered to us. We, we, we're here to get something for ourselves. Prayer and I is something to make a supply to the work of God corporately. We're getting something out of you, not just something into you. Although we are getting something into you tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so don't come into prayer group or prayer service with all the day's baggage on your shoulders and all the problems. And all the dirty jokes that people said down at the job. Amen. But prepare your heart between the job and here. And get yourself ready to pray. How do you do that? You do that by washing yourself in the water of the word. Remind yourself, I am a, 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 a son of God. I have boldness to come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm going to go make a supply tonight of, of spiritual power. I'm the righteousness of God. And start quoting blood scriptures. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Amen. You know, just because you feel dirty doesn't mean you are. You can feel dirty because you've been around dirty people. I'm talking about at the job. But you just need to get that washed off of you. Get it washed off of you. So when you get to the get to church, you're bold. It's amazing what happens in the spirit when you get over into the spirit, what you see. Anyway, so so come with uh, no iniquity hidden in your heart, like. You strife with somebody. No strife with other people in the church. No strife with anybody at your house. Amen. Uh, sometimes uh, those can be a hindrance to prayer. Come, with, come in fellowship with God through the word and prayer. Amen. Come filled with the Holy Ghost speaking. Build up yourself on the way. You know, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And as you do, watch your speed limit. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. I get to doing that sometimes. Shaka down. Who's old Goli? Whoa, whoa, slow down. <laughs> Amen. Praise be to God. You get anything out of this? <clears throat> So train yourself that, uh, first of all, when we get to the service, you know, prayer nights, we're going to go, first of all, to the presence of God and prepare your heart. Remember uh, Hebrews 10, 19 says, uh, having boldness entered into the holiest by the blood of Christ, prepare yourself, uh, first of all, to be bold. Amen. Tonight we're going to be bold in prayer. We got some things to ask. Amen. So if you've had a hard day and a lot of stuff, you know, just makes you feel like you're not worthy and so forth, you've got to wash that, get that washed off. Yes. Hallelujah. And then Proverbs 27, 23 says, Proverbs 27, 23 is, he said there that a righteous man um, knows the state of his flocks. So as a prayer leader, sometimes I can sense certain things are needed before we pray. And tonight I sense this is needed before we pray. Just to wash ourselves with the water of the word. About we are the righteousness of God, and the righteous are as bold as lions, and we have boldness to come boldly to the throne of grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Not because of ourselves, but because of the blood. But before we do any praying here, we're just going to just say this before we go. go. Um, there's, there's uh, remember he said that you know how to behave yourself in the house of God. In a corporate house, that's what we're coming together to form, a corporate house. And we need to know how to function corporately. We might learn how to function individually right. on, in our prayer life at home. But what about functioning corporately? That's a whole side we haven't got into tonight, very, very, very little into tonight. But I'll say this. Corporately, there has to be a leader. Ultimately, that's the Holy Ghost. But really in training times, which we're in, <laughs> say amen, we're, we're in that. Listen, training times can be frustrating times, but I'm not frustrated, all right? So don't you be frustrated whenever it sounds like I'm frustrated because I'm not frustrated. <laughs> Just say we're all learning. Praise the Lord. But there's going to be training times and, and there's going to be times it just seems like, well, I don't know, three or four of them got on a bus and went somewhere and I don't know where they went. <laughs> Guess I'll sit here till they get back. <laughs> I don't even know where they went. Well, you're in training. So we are, I mean, don't be frustrated. Just, I won't be frustrated at you. You won't be frustrated at me. But there's a leader. And ultimately in corporate prayer, there's a, the Holy Ghost is lead, the leader. But yet in training times, it has to be that there's somebody recognizing the flow of the Spirit and saying, it's on you right now. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. And that's where some of you are bowing out say, thank you very much. I'll see you next service. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, come on now. There you go. But, but in that time, if you will yield to what is trying to come up out of your belly. See, don't look up in here. Oh, he said, I, uh, let's see. If, uh, uh, no, no. Dip down into your spirit. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So you can dip down here and before you know it, there's things coming up that, that you never thought of. And you're praying all sorts of things you weren't even thinking of. What happens as a result of doing that, let's, let's compare the level of anointing to the temperature in the room in order to illustrate it. Let's say we start out and we're praying and the temperature's at 70 degrees. We're praying along and, uh, and I sense it's on somebody and I'll say, now go ahead and yield to that. And, and you yield to that all of a sudden, and if it's the Holy Ghost, you yield to it, the temperature will go up to 73 and when that person yields to that, it sparks somebody in, something in somebody over here. And then they yield to what they have and the temperature goes to 75. Yeah. And then the, somebody else gets in a flow and that goes to 78. And then, and then it goes to 80. And everybody just, and before you know it, I'm telling you, prayer's hot. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Yes, sir. That's corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is not just one person, I mean, one person praying like they do in some denominations. One person prays, nobody else says anything, and, and everybody else says at the end, amen. Like you do at the meal. Somebody says anything wrong with that? Well, we don't see them doing that in the scriptures. Well, that corporate prayer makes me nervous. Well, God's not nervous. They all, Acts 4, they all lifted up their voice, all of them, lifted up their voice, all of them, to God with one accord. That's, that, that's, that's New Testament. We got to follow the New Testament. 
You know why we don't have some of the things shaking, building shaking services? Because we're not doing the scriptures. We're not practicing the scriptures. Well, that's what we're here to do tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Still glad you came. Tell your neighbor, pastor's not mad at anybody. Praise God. And so that one accord lifting up, that's, they lifted up their voice. That's unity. God heard it all as one voice. Each supplying the river out of their belly, but to God, it sounded like a, he tapped, he tapped, he tapped the little stick on the, on his podium and he's orchestrating, flowing, pulling things out of this one, pulling things out of this one, pulling things, before you know it, there's a sound that just makes, it just sounds like one voice to God. Been there before. But it takes practice. It takes practice. And that's what we're doing in these corporate prayer meetings. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Did you get anything out of that? Amen, amen, amen. To, be, uh, to participate in corporate prayer, you have to pray a little bit uh, like a bunny rabbit. You might, what, Pastor? What on earth? You ever watched a bunny rabbit back in your backyard? He's back there chewing on grass or something like that. You ever notice he's got two ears? And you ever notice they work independently of one another? He's got one ear going, and he hears something over there. One ear goes like this, and then, and then and they're, just, they're, just, they're never all doing the same thing. I mean, both of them never doing the same thing. They're, they're looking at different directions. You got to do that in prayer. You got to have one, one ear to the Holy Ghost inside of you. Yes, sir. I'm talking about corporate prayer. Now, when you're in individual prayer, you turn both ears down on the inside. But when you're in corporate prayer, you got to turn one ear down on the inside and you got to keep one ear to, to where the, the spirit is in the corporate prayer meeting. What, what's, what's the Holy Ghost? What's coming out of me? Yes. But what's coming out of the, where's the, where's the sound in the room? What's, what's the sound in the room? Does that make any sense? Amen. Praise the Lord. And whenever you learn to do that, you can flow together in, in unity with a whole group. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And you got to turn your mind off and quiet your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes this, and, and younger prayers, people that are younger and experienced and flowing with the Holy Ghost corporately in a prayer group. There might be, uh, and, and prayers, there, there's all just flows, different flows in prayer, but, but sometimes there's everybody praying and we're all praying, lifting up our voice. And then there's sometimes where there's a lull and it gets sort of quiet. And it's of the Holy Ghost, it gets quiet. Nobody's, nobody's uh, necessarily saying much. But if you're not careful in times like that, you'll, you'll uh, think, okay, we're done now. And maybe we are, but, but that's not automatically true where we're done. This is just good practical, practical help tonight. In fact, to be honest with you, before we have our next prayer meeting, why don't you listen to this service? Amen. Make this uh, something that you go back to from, you know, when we have corporate prayer, just say, okay, on Wednesday, every time we have corporate prayer, I'm going to listen to this service and I'm going to practice that and I'm going to come to prayer. Different than I've been going to prayer. And so here's one thing. Whenever corporate prayer flows, there's, there's ebbs and flows. There's sometimes we're all loud and sometimes we all get quiet. 
And sometimes some of us are louder than others because we got the lead of it. And then it'll ebb and flow. It's just like waves of the sea moving and so forth. And it'll move on different people and so forth. And then sometimes just everybody gets quiet. What the, the danger there is, and sometimes we are done, but the danger there is, is that everybody assumes we're done. And they just, all of a sudden, they stop looking down here, and they get back in their mind. Oh, my goodness, okay, it's late. Man, the kids, i got to get the kids home. Tomorrow i got to school. And they get back in their mind. You may as well go home. Then. I mean, whether we are done or not, we are done. Does that make any sense? Now, we might be done, but we don't want to assume that. Because when people get fidgety and over in the flesh, then we are done. Yeah. Not that the Holy Ghost was done, but, right. but we're not going to go any further with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Praise the Lord.